Broadcasting live to the world now, it's Sheila Zelensky. This is a very sinister Luciferian eugenics plan. These spineless weasels preach what people want to hear. They replace repentance with dreams of the good life. Mindless minions. Dying daily, taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. And it's very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zelensky. Zelensky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, end time watchwoman, Sheila Zelensky. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zelensky Show for this April 18th, 2016 edition. Thank you all so much for tuning in from across the globe today. I broadcast Monday to Friday, that's weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, right here at WeekendVigilante.com. And if you have not signed up for the podcast, do so by going to the Listen tab on WeekendVigilante.com, as well as do not forget to download the new app, the Weekend Vigilante app. Just go to your app store, type in Weekend Vigilante. It is for smart devices. It is customized for you, the listener. And let me tell you, we're adding some neat features on there. And I'll stack it against any app. We're working out a few little kinks because we've heard from you. Thank you so much for your feedback on the app. And we want to get it right for you, the listener, because that's important to me. For the new listeners, if you have not got your hands on my book, Green Gospel, the New World Religion subtitle, do get it by going to greengospel.ca. It is the most timely book. Dr. Timothy Ball, the renowned climatologist, did say this about the book. Sheila Zelensky's book, Green Gospel, effectively demolishes what you think you know. And there is quite a lot of reviews on Amazon. So again, you can get all the information, including how to order the book at greengospel.ca. And I was recently on Skywatch TV with Tom Horn. They've got a fantastic bundle on, too, if you go to skywatchtv.com. You can get that book at a great deal right now. So any way you get it, do get it. It is such a timely book considering what the United Nations is doing under Agenda 2030. And as well, they want to prosecute climate deniers like Sheila Zelinsky. That's right, Loretta Lynch mob, as I call her, wants to prosecute climate deniers. Hey, I don't deny the climate changes. In fact, we used to call it weather. So there you have it. Pick up Green Gospel. Very timely. It is so important because Christians are at war and they don't even know it. Well, let's jump into the show, folks. My guest today is Minister Sharon Malky. 
an acclaimed healthcare professional, a smart cookie when it comes to a broad range of topics. She and her husband have a powerful ministry that also does deliverance out of California. One of the best deliverance ministries, I think maybe not just in the state of California. They've been at it a long time, and I'm telling you, wow, Sharon and Monty Melke, amazing people. Today's show is going to talk about famine and something else. There's a connection with famine, and guess what it is, folks? Cannibalism. Probably not your favorite topic. (laughs) So here to talk about this very interesting but icky topic, there's a reason we're going to talk about it today, folks, is Sharon Mulkey. Sharon, welcome to the program. It's a pleasure. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on. Listen, we are getting just inundated with reports all the time. We've got Food Spectre saying on record that there was a case of Oklahoma City McDonald's finding human meat. There's been issue after issue. We know that cannibalism goes back to really tens of thousands of years. It's still present today. I actually did some research on it, and I found out that in 2014, a North Korea man was executed for killing his children for food. And then, of course, there was an Australian woman who killed her ex-husband, served him for dinner to the kids. There was police that found, I don't know if you heard that story in Florida, where a man was chewing the flesh. He was eating the face of another man who was laying next to him on a freeway off-ramp. Just a horrific incident. People can look this up. Stefan Raman, a 40-year-old German tourist, was visiting Nukuhiva in the Pacific Ocean. He disappeared, and then later it was found that he was actually found by a campfire. DNA tests concluded that it was human remains near a campfire near what was thought to be a cannibalism area. In 2009, two cannibals had been feasting on the remains of their brother. That was a story out of Russia, the city of Perm. And then in 2008, an 8-year-old boy was killed and his flesh was fed to cannibal relatives by his mother. She was part of a sinister cult called the Grail Movement, which actually claims to have hundreds of followers in Britain, as well as tens of thousands of others worldwide. I mean, I could go on and on. But Sharon, I mean, this is really something, let's not kid ourselves, as hard as it is to talk about, this stuff is going on today. Absolutely. And you cited some very recent reasons for cannibalism. And I think one of the things uh, that I ran across is the prevalence of it and how much we're hearing of it. And you know, cannibalism is not against the law. There's no law saying you really can't cannibalize someone, which is quite extraordinary. And so in the United States and Europe, you can do this with no fear of retribution. My question was, when I started looking at this, I came at it First of all, I started realizing we had so many people on food stamps in the United States. And I got to the thing with cannibalism by studying on famine and just famine in America. One in five kids in America go to bed hungry. One in seven kids in the world go to bed hungry. And we just don't think of America as being a place where there's food shortages. But as I was researching this famine... I was expecting to find, oh, yeah, it's a drought, it's this. But what I found was the political philosophy behind famine, it actually targets groups of peoples in populations, and they are starved out even while the rest of the country may be having abundant food. So that's kind of something that I ran into that I really hadn't expected to. What happens with famine 
is um, my family got out of Russia during the Bolshevik Revolution. They were huge farmers. They had huge, they fed the world. And then they came and they took a lot of my family. They made them go in the army. They made one go into Siberia. The socialistic ideas took over this farmland and they started feeding the army. And then millions and millions of people died of starvation. We don't have to go very far, you know, Stalin, Hitler. But did you know that even the United States and Britain have starved to death many, many people? Yes. And, you know, if you don't eat, you die. It's one of those very prime things that we need besides air, basically, is food and, then, and water, actually water before food, or we will die. So it is a powerful controller. And we read accounts in literature everywhere, the Bible and all religion. We read accounts of people going through famine. And then for self-preservation, they start to eat other people. Absolutely. It's stunning. Even, you know, you mentioned some really good records here because, of course, we know Lenin, Stalin. We know Mao Zedong was a, I mean, that was the, the great Chinese famine. That was the most devastating catastrophe ever. And it was frightening how many people turned to cannibalism, isn't it? It is. And in one way, I don't think people are as surprised at the thought of, okay, they can rationalize that in their mind that they were starving to death. They eventually ate people. But I think what people aren't realizing is there's a lot of reasons for cannibalism. Many eat the dead at the funeral because they don't realize that the spirit of a person leaves them when they die and they either go to heaven or hell. They think they're actually ingesting the spirit and the soul of that person. And so they're honoring them by having them with them all the time. We've read many accounts of people eating other people. They want their strength. They want their power. Then another thing that's very common, even in the Jewish religion, which I was kind of shocked at, was that they eat the body and blood of their enemies. Yes, that's very true. Of course, I think people have known about the satanic worship and one of their worships and rites is the drinking of blood and the eating of flesh. That kind of goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Because I'm an Aboriginal, and even back in our old family's history, the Algonquin, the Iroquois, you know, they believed when you eat another person, you would consume their spirit. The Iroquois tribes from almost every continent, that was commonplace. When you look at the Tang Dynasty, there were soldiers that would eat the hearts and livers of warriors they fought. So, I mean, this is a really common thing. But when you get into the Satanism piece of it, human sacrifice, that seems to be the order of the day when it comes to these sick Luciferians, doesn't it? Absolutely. And they have to do this. And the reason they're doing that is to gain power. They've been deceived into believing that if they kill so many people, and unfortunately, you know, they're usually very young children because the more innocent they are, and they drink their blood after they torture them because they want the hormones that are extracted in a person's bloodstream when they're tortured. There's nothing new under the sun. The other thing, Sheila, to remember is that the medicinal use of humans has a long history also, but it has a very current history. Just a couple days ago, I read on the internet how you can cook your placenta 
after you've given birth to a baby. Oh, dear God. And, of course, you know, it's all under the guise of regeneration. You'll get your health back. It's sold under the story of you'll live forever. You'll be as gods. You know, you'll be eternally youthful. And in China, of course, they grind up all sorts of people and they sell it for virility reasons. And that's nothing new that way. But here in the United States, it's really become an acceptable practice, too. Well, it's frightening because if a woman miscarriages in places like Brazil, they again eat the aborted placenta that is so horrific to even wrap her head around. And there was an article in just 2012 that said, hey, eating placenta is good for you. Like you mentioned that word virility. And I mean, even look at these weirdo, helly weird people like the Kardashians, January Jones. You can go to theguardian.com and look up an article just in February 2016. The article headline is, Eating Your Placenta, Is It Healthy or Just Weird? It's a fad amongst a lot of people in Heli Weird. It says it right in the article, it's placentophagy. That's a formal name for eating the placenta for health benefits. And it goes on to list a litany of supposed health benefits. I mean, that is just grotesque. You know, think about that for a minute. It's one thing for you to look back and say, oh, European colonists reported about it. We know Herman Melville talked about it autobiographically. But thinking about articles just coming out this year about it. So in other words, I mean, it's one thing to read about in Greek mythology where Kronos ate the heads off his children. But it's a whole other thing to look at the fact that these people are really, in a sense, eating parts of their own children right today. And I mean... This stuff is prevalent. I mean, it's even in our bedtime stories. Hansel and Gretel and Jack and the Beanstalk <laughs> and Little Red Riding Hood. And see, a lot of those stories were told to control kids, to make them behave. It's just amazing. What I was sad to see is in the video games, I Googled cannibalism in video games, and 52 results popped right up without a problem. Wow. And the, the I went back, and the one I found was Jungle Quest in 1984. And then you've got these. I'm going to read some of the names for some of the parents that might be listening who don't know what your kids are playing. Until Dawn, Icy, Wasteland 2, Thoris, Fallout is really horrific. Mad Max and The Forest seems to have lots of them. Scribble Knots, Unmasked. The Last of Us, of course, the we know, The Walking Dead. Uh, Bobo's. Big Adventure, The Elder Scrolls, Harvester, D. And I personally was shocked that in this video games, when you go and you cannibalize something, that how much meat you get depends on how sharp your knife is. It's like they're just playing this game. They're being so desensitized that they don't even think about what's happening. And in popular cultures, Josh Hutcherson, you know, of The Hunger Games? Yeah. This is a direct quote from him. He said, I have cannibalistic cravings and I want to eat human flesh. And he went on and on. And they're finding out that there's an addiction that comes in with this cannibalism. And these people just have to, they're driven just like a drug addict would be or any other addiction to just keep eating meat. But this is probably pretty rampant in Hollywood. 
Yes, Hollywood is full of devils that are into, well, everything from Satanism to cannibalism, as you heard it, folks. And Josh Hutcherson actually said in a GQ, this is a British GQ, he said he'd eagerly try human meat if eating people wasn't taboo. He says plainly in the article, I want to know what it tastes like, human flesh. You know, he says this and no one bats an eye. That's what's so frightening about it. And you know what else is so unbelievable that no one bats an eye about is selling baby body parts to the highest bidder in America. Devilish Planned Parenthood selling these little aborted fetuses to the highest bidder. I mean, there's documented cases of, in fact, a company, Sharon, based out of California known as Cenomex, it is in the business of using on record aborted embryonic cells to test fake flavoring, chemicals, both savory and sweet, which of course added to things like drinks, candies, cookies. It's admittedly partnered with these big major food manufacturers to lace its cannibalistic additives into all sorts of factory foods right down to wine gums, fuzzy peaches, beauty products. I mean, most vaccinations people don't understand are loaded with chemicals made from unborn babies murdered via legalized genocide. And I mean, processed food isn't the only hidden source, Sharon, of additives made by using this human fetal tissue, many, many beauty products and many vaccines. In fact, not just all Pepsi products, and that's on record, Nestle Mm -hmm. products. It is absolutely stunning how commonplace this is. Well, and the agenda behind it, you know, when they started growing the vaccinations in the human embryo tissue, there is a direct link to a horrific rise in autism at that time. And of course, we know all of the other additives in autism. But that tells you right there that the human body was not made to eat humans. Even cannibalism among animals, they're grinding up sheep, dead sheep, pigs and things to feed the cows. And that's where we got the mad cow disease from. And they called those flavor enhancers. And it's like, no, that didn't enhance the flavor. So what's their, what's their real purpose? And, you know, Sheila, I got to thinking about this. It's like, why are they doing this? I feel that it's a defilement of the human race. And it lets in a spirit of defilement. And once you get this spirit of defilement, it's like it opens the door to lawlessness and anything goes. Because to the pure, everything is pure. But to the person that's defiled, there's no restraint. There's no limits. There's no more a conscience, I think, that says, no, this isn't right. And the devil, you see how by putting it in our food products, he's defiling us against our wills even. Well, and that's why it's so important for us to be praying over our food. I think that, and and there's a correlation between famine and cannibalism. I I believe they're, they're relevant and they're tied into that theme of starvation. I mean, look at Jeremiah 14, 10, God himself says, you don't eat people. And yet look what's happening. So famine's coming to this country, people. And I'm going to tell you what comes from famine is things like insanity. You just mentioned lawlessness. There's a scripture talking about people going ravening mad, Sharon. Well, in our ministry, we have come across, and years ago, we came across what we call inherited emotional patterns. We have a a member of our church who is a descendant from Ireland. We were praying for some certain areas in her life, and it came up that she was 
manifesting and thinking just like a person that was in the middle of a starvation and famine. So these inherited emotional patterns, it's like if you've had starvation in your family line, and truthfully, I don't know many cultures that haven't gone through a famine, it sets up genetic changes in your body, it sets up faulty wiring in your body, we don't have to get real technical, but it changes the genetic makeup of a person. And in America, we don't realize that because we have so much food, even though that's not food because of the GMO, we're starving to death eating a lot, but we're in for a real world of hurt because people have no care for each other. There's no compassion. It's not going to be like in the Great Depression, which was also an engineered famine. Yeah. Farmers went out there that had no business farming. They weren't farmers, and so they ruined the land. But people have got to prepare themselves, and at least Christians have got to prepare themselves with promises from God's Word. When this world starts going crazy, who is going to be their rock, and what are they going to stand to, or they will go into insanity. And after we prayed for this girl on these inherited emotional patterns— there were so many fears of starvation, like the cupboards always had to be full, had to have freezers full of food, that fear of running out. It just drove her and drove her. There was no peace and there's no contentment. And a lot of Christians, I feel, they're saying, God, you said I could have peace, I could have peace. But they're so driven by these fears that they don't even realize that they've inherited that's robbing them of the peace that God would have them to have. Yeah, I agree. Well, here's a personal story. My father was in an orphanage from zero to five, and he starved, didn't have enough food, and he was very malnutritioned as a result of that. He had like an obsession with our fridge being full at all times. So I think there is a correlation with spirits of fear, spirits of never having enough, not having enough, fear of what's going to happen. So yeah, that's very true. And that's very recent. I mean, forget the Mao Zedong's China and the Stalin's reign and Leningrad siege and everything else. But World War One and two, there's reported cases of cannibalism. 1942, there was actually recorded in a wartime's tribunal court case that Japanese soldiers were eating hundreds of prisoners, even in present day New Guinea, Ghana, North Korea. In fact, the Washington Post reported this going on in present day North Korea. So, you know, in addition to, of course, the cannibalism and demonic rituals, this stuff is going on all over. But yet, you know, I think for the average listener, they're thinking, well, what does cannibalism and famine, what does that have to do with anything? Why is it relevant, Sharon? Well, one of the things that we're finding out with famine is that, especially like your dad, he was in an orphanage. You know, he had brain damage, his organs shrunk. Your dad had a lot of biological handicaps that may have been passed down to you that you don't even realize. Maybe a person has learning disabilities, anorexia nervosa. There's so many things that people suffer with and they haven't made the connections that it goes back to famine. And, and generations, like generations. Oh, generations, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, it's famine in our generational bloodline. And that's the point is that there's a correlation, I believe, Sharon, between where a country's at morally and the coming famine. I believe there's also a famine in the land. There's a starvation for the things of God. So that's a correlation too, isn't it? Absolutely. 
there is always a physical and a spiritual parallel there. One of the things that happens is when people reject God, it's like in the Old Testament. They said, oh, we don't want God to be our ruler. We want to have a king. And God said, okay. And when they started having a king, that's when all of their troubles began. And in every country, and we see it in ours, that as we push God farther and farther out, we are getting a type of government that has a total different view of life than we do. Their agenda is not the Christian agenda to help the weak and the infirmed. Their agenda is to select, you know, the best, the brightest, the smartest, and the rest of us can die. And that happens when you push God out. There's never a vacuum. The devil comes in. And that's why we're going to have famine in America is because as we've pushed God out and the principles of the Bible, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, this whole other philosophy of life has come in and it's paganism. There's only two religions in the world, you know. There's Christianity and there's paganism. There's Christianity and paganism. Oh, no, but I'm a this, I'm a that. No, it's all paganism. And as paganism rises, so will all of these practices and also the judgments for doing those practices. So I really hope your listeners take to heart that there's scientific proof. There's economic proof. Poverty and famine is all induced. It's not because of the drought. They want you to believe it's because of a drought. Of course, they have geoengineered the drought in California and other places. But people, you really need to prepare and draw close to God and start calling on him because he's going to be our only provision because we've never gone through a hard time as a nation. Individually, people have. Uh, It's going to be a real rude waking. Rude awakening indeed. And I think you mentioned something really important there. Pretty much our nation has really never suffered the horrors of famine and starvation, let's face it. We're such a spoiled culture. And one of the things I've always wondered about, there's a scripture there in Jeremiah 19.9. This is what it says. And I will cause them to eat the flesh of their sons and the flesh of their daughters, and they shall eat everyone the flesh of his friend and the siege and straightness wherewith their enemies and they that seek their lives shall straighten them. In other words, he's reducing the people of that city to become so desperate, they're going to eat the flesh of their own sons and daughters and the flesh of one another. That's really what that's saying there. Well, it's actually God's judgment in a sense. It's like the devil with seducing spirits, which we have loads of those today. They haven't gone anywhere. Seducing spirits came and said, oh, do this and do that. So they got the people to do the things that God said, I can't have that. You're my kids. I'm going to discipline you. And so it's not that God endorses cannibalism. I don't want anybody to hear that because he doesn't. But it's a consequences of man's backsliding. And God knew that. And that's why he's so adamant when he says, don't do this. Those that follow another God will fall into many snares and they will have great sorrows. One of the great sorrows is not having enough to eat to where they are tempted to eat their own kids. But I want to share a story that's very interesting. I was reading a missionary book about a girl and they you know, were taking the food and people had to go into the mountains. And the angels came and fed them. And we've had this experience in my family line uh, back in Germany. They have what they call even the Newhart Valley to this day. That's my maiden name, Newhart. They had this whole valley of Christian refuge. And 
they had to go to the hills and live in caves periodically because they were always having these wars in Europe, right? But God met their needs. God supplied their needs. So cannibalism doesn't have to be. God can provide what we need to eat and drink. But we have to be in a place where we know he wants to and he will. One day there was missionaries preaching to a group of people. And all of a sudden, as they were preaching, their stomachs filled up. God fed them both spiritually and, you know, physically. So people need to hear that there's really hard times coming to America. But Christians have benefits that are out of this world. And they need to start tapping in and realizing that those benefits are available to them. It's like everybody, I say, needs to have a Moses that they know or become a Moses where they can strike the rock and water comes out or manna will come out of heaven for them. But um, going back to your other comment about the churches and the famine of the real word and meat, because Jesus is the bread of life, but there's such a famine of the true word. It's been so merchandised and made to appeal to our carnal, sensual self. You know, live your best life now. (laughs) It's such a lie that people have bought into. It is a lie that people have bought into it. And, you know, I look at throughout the scripture, you know, if you look in 2 Kings, even in Luke, it talks about the days of Elijah when the sky was shut up for three years and six months of the great famine. Even if you go back to Genesis, Genesis 12.10 says, Now there was a famine in the land, so Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was severe in the land. Right off the bat, and even up into the New Testament, you can see famines, can't you? Oh, absolutely. From the beginning of time, we've had famine. And I think it's interesting in Genesis 26, 1, it says, and there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. I mean, so it just shows you that they were ongoing. This was not a rare thing. No, it was not a rare thing. And of course, we all know this one, Matthew 24, 7, for nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. So there you have it. There will be famine. There will be. And it's such a powerful manipulator of people. When people are hungry, they will sell their soul. They will sell their kids. They will sell themselves. I mean, Joseph is such a great illustration on a lot of levels. He had the world eating out of his hand, didn't he? And that's what the rulers that be, and there's a group of globalists that will say, well, you're going to eat out of our hand, but we're going to pick the ones that are going to eat. It won't be for everybody. And that's the scary part. Well, why is it that fear, denial, ignorance, people are in such kumbaya mode, you know, they don't want to hear anything doom and gloom. Let's not talk about negativity. But this really is coming. And it's not to scare people. There is good news. There's the good news of the gospel. And that's the piece that people have to understand is that this is coming. You know, a lot of people, though, they just don't, they tune out. They don't want to talk about this doom and gloom, do they? They really don't. And one of the things that the globalists have done is that they have repeatedly traumatized, not just Americans, but all over the world, and they use trauma. And there's such a change that goes on in a person's brain when they've been traumatized. And they do this over and over. And so what happens is people have to shut down to survive. And what I see in America is like people say, I can't hear one more thing. I can't hear one more bad report. 
the news is horrible about it. We hear about the worst things all over the world that we have no control over. And yet, because a lot of people still have a heart, they think, oh, I should help. I should help. And they exhaust themselves trying to help. And of course, that's a dead end. But this traumatization has really shut down people's minds and they feel helpless and hopeless. And this is the good news of the gospel is because God has given us so many tools that we can use. People need to realize that Christians really, they have an out of this world toolbox. Yeah. They are not hopeless and they are not helpless. Besides God helping us, God said, I will come to your rescue. We have binding and loosing, binding these principalities and powers. And this works. Loosing the angels to go and minister. We have, oh, hundreds of hours of tapes of people testifying to God's faithfulness and binding and loosing and providing for them when there was no way out. The general population has shut down because they feel like we're powerless. And that's how they want us to feel. Well, that's right. But that's just it, Sharon. We as Christians should never feel powerless because we're not powerless. We have power and authority as Christians when we get into those feelings of powerlessness. Well, that brings in a whole bunch of other spirits, those ruler spirits that hang out with hopelessness, helplessness, depression, oppression, torment. And really, in addition to us getting this steady diet of GMO frankenfoods, We're also, as Christians, getting a steady diet of what I call genetically modified preaching. They're really promulgating a spiritual anemia. And so it's not surprising that Christians have no idea of their power and authority. Well, I wonder if there's any blood left in the corpse at all at times, Sheila. The gospel has been so watered down. You know, a true conversion is when a person says, I am a sinner. God, forgive me. And There's so much false conversions. People really think that they're saved and they're not. And so they don't really have the power of God working in them. You know, they try name it and claim it, or they just try to use their willpower, just do it. And pretty soon that gets old and they go, oh, Christianity didn't work. But people have got to check out their salvation. And I don't mean to be rude or anything, but what we're finding is People have said these hokey-dokey prayers, and it had nothing to do with, God, forgive me, I'm a sinner. Come into my life and take over. But you know, it says, Sheila, that people like to have that. You know, people will find a person that's saying what they want to hear. People don't want to be told to repent or that's sin. It's like, well, who are you to tell me what to do? And it's taken its toll. Yeah, that rebellion is an issue. And in this cotton candy culture, there's not much teaching on power and authority or exercising it. We are given the authority, tread and trample. It's like a badge given to us by Jesus Christ. And I always use this analogy, picture yourself driving along, suddenly this cop jumps out and says, stop in the name of the law. He flashes his badge and he pulls you over. You're going to stop. That cop is backed by that police department. That badge represents that he has the authority to stop you. And it's similar for us. We have the authority backed by heaven, backed by the King of Kings, backed by Jesus Christ himself to stop the enemy. And by that, we can pull out the weaponry to be able to command and take authority over. And as you mentioned, binding and loosing. There is massive demonic activity And it's not just in Haiti somewhere in a deep jungle. 
Jesus said, I have given you authority, that exosia power. It's granted right in salvation. And we need to accept that authority and use this authority. I'm so glad you brought this up because, Sheila, we're actually citizens of heaven. You know, if anybody's an alien, I think we Christians really are. (laughs) I mean, if you want to look at it that way, because our citizenship is in heaven. And we are just passing through down here. God has designed every person to have a purpose and a plan for their life that is built just for them. But because we don't really understand that, we don't tap in to the resources that we have as citizens of heaven. We're still living as citizens of LA or citizens of whatever. And it says it in the scripture too, we are citizens of heaven. We are citizens of heaven. And yet I said on a show with Carla Butat, I said, Carla, do Christians understand that they even have the ability to send out the warring angels, to send out the ministering angels, to send out harvesting angels? I mean, our angels, for the most part, let's face it, they're unemployed. Oh, I know. So that's why I use everybody else's. Because <laughs> can you imagine a bored angel? Of course, I told my kids they got a new angel every week because they wore out the one for that week trying to keep them safe. But the angel is a job description. An angel is a messenger of God. And God has given them to us to protect us, to help guide us, to go forth and do things that we can't do. One of the things I do every day is I lose favor to everybody that has anything to do with my life that day. And the angels of favor will go and they will do what I can't do so that what God has created me to do can get done. It's not for selfish reasons. It's not for personal selfishness. It's just they want to work so that I can do what God has sent me to earth to do. Yes, well, and that's the key piece is knowledge of what we're supposed to do. What's our tools? How do we get rid of generational curses? How to come against the enemy? What's in our arsenal? How do we use these weapons? People don't even know how to pray, let alone use their spiritual weaponry to come against these demonic afflictions. And it's very important to learn how to use them, especially in this godless, cannibalistic culture of famine and spiritual starvation, where we've kicked God to the curb. It really is. And when I became saved, I was a junior in college. And right after um, my husband and I got married, God just put us on a crash course. But the second scripture that he gave me was out of Hosea that said, you are destroyed for your lack of knowledge. And not knowing can kill you. And it is killing us. And sadly, there's a lot of people that aren't Christians that believe a lot more of what's going on and happening in the world than some Christians. And I think some Christians have picked up a religious spirit. It's like, oh, well, God will just do it all for me. God will do it all for me. (laughs) And, um, you know, even the teaching of the rapture is so cruel because it's like, oh, when it gets tough, I'm going to get out of here. Well, you know, the Chinese Christians nailed to the cross, uh, where did they go? They were still there, right? Right. And, And instead of equipping and fortifying their congregations to face persecution, and to show God's glory and his power to the world through persecution, they're saying, oh, we're going to get raptured. We're out of here. And to me, that is so cruel. That is just cruel. Persecution's coming, the famine, the starvation. And I think that word you used is so important, Sharon, equip. It's very important to equip the saints in these last days, isn't it? 
It really is. Um, I know, Sheila, you were working or you are working on uh, a warfare prayer booklet. I think that would be invaluable. Uh, we have one that we use at our church in di different places, and it's like we don't get out of bed before we've done our warfare prayers, and, and that's just how it is. See, the other thing I think happens is when people become Christians, they're not told, oh, you just signed up in the army now. <laughs> uh, you just signed up, and God wants to take you to boot camp. They're just told, oh, your best life now, and it's very disheartening, and I think that's why we've had a great falling away in the church is because— They've been lied to. They haven't been told what to expect. And then they get discouraged and disappointed and, oh, well, that doesn't work. And my heart really breaks for that. Well, it really is heartbreaking to hear that people are struggling out there. They're going through all these afflictions. And, and for the most part, again, if they're not equipped to be able to handle these scenarios, that is problematic. Now, in the last 15 minutes of the show, Sharon, I think it's really important that we lead the listeners into a prayer of deliverance because a lot of the topics that we talked about today can seriously affect people. And of course, you know, it's sad mm -hmm. that churches don't want to talk about demonic affliction and deliverance. But here's the deal. You come in with a boatload of stuff and this sort of starvation slash cannibalism topic is relevant because we're living in a culture where this stuff is coming at us. It's affecting us. And so we're going to go ahead and lead the listeners into a prayer of deliverance, if you would, Sharon. Okay, sure. Father, in Jesus Christ's name, we just thank you for the voices of truth that are going out and searching out your people who are crying out for help. Lord, they are crying unto you. And Father, now in Jesus' name, we just bind any interference. In Jesus Christ's name, I bind the spirits over their eyes, the ears that wouldn't let them understand or let them hear. I bind all spirits that would come to block their deliverance now in Jesus' name. And so we'll just pray kind of in the area of the starvation and cannibalism and things for that. Father, in Jesus' name, we come now and we break the family line curses of starvation, of being starved as a people. And we also we break the judgment, iniquity, and whoredoms if your family line starved anyone else. And this is common also, is that... Someone in your family line, especially if they're from Britain or other places, they have starved millions of people to death. So we break off those iniquity, whoredoms, and judgments. And the spirits of starvation, you come out of the people now in Jesus' name. Starvation, starve for love and attention, come out now in Jesus' name. Come on, I command you to come out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we come against all the spirits and the diseases from starvation that they may not even know they have. Learning disabilities, I command you to start coming out. Learning disabilities, all the damages to the nervous system and the nervous disorders. You come out now in Jesus' name. All these things rooted in starvation. All the spirits of anorexia nervosa. All the spirits of eating disorders come out now in Jesus' name. Um, also, the fear of starvation and the fear of being starved to death, the fear of running out of food come out of the people now in Jesus Christ's name. Edema, arthritis, shrinkage of your organs, all the anemia, Crohn's diseases, muscle disorders, you start coming out of the people now as you're related to the spirits of starvation. You get out all of the... Uh, 
immune deficiency diseases that have come in because of this. Come out now. I command you to go. And Father, I also ask that if there are any prions in the brain that have come in through meat and eating human meat that we may not even know we've eaten, I command you to start coming off of the mind now in Jesus' name and for the gray matter to start going back to its normal form and function. Come on, I command you to go. I break all the family line curses of drinking blood. All the spirits of drinking blood, a blood sausage. I know our family line, they, had, they always had the blood sausage and the blood pudding. Come out of the people now in Jesus Christ's name. And we break off the curses, disobedience and rebellion. You come out now in Jesus Christ's name. That disobedience and rebellion, despising God, hatred of God. Come on, I command you to go in all the spirits of deafness, the deaf and dumb spirit that doesn't let you really hear and understand God's word. Come out, that deaf and dumb spirit. Come out right now in Jesus Christ's name. Father, we come against all the spirits of the idolatry, stubbornness, witchcraft, blaming God for all your problems. Come out now in Jesus Christ's name. Come on, I command you to go. Decrease concentration, fatigues, autism, ADD, muscular dystrophy, muscular cirrhosis, B12 deficiencies, having cold hands and feet, hypertension. Now all the spirits in the GI system come out now too in Jesus Christ's name. Come on, everything that's in there because of the starvation. Come on, all the blockages, the ileuses, diverticulitis, hormone disruptions. Let's go right now too in Jesus Christ's name. Come on, where all the serotonin, most of it's made in your GI tract. And I loose the angels now to go in to these people and pull them out. We ask forgiveness, we confess the sins of the fathers, and we accept the provision that you have made for your people to be free from these things too. Come on, leaky gut syndrome, let's go. All of those, leaky gut syndrome. Cancers, come on, let's go. All the inherited emotional patterns that have come down with starvation and famine, I command you to go. All that lack, want, and need. Lack, want, and need. Come out of the people now. Come on. Never having enough. All the spirits of poverty, poverty, and poverty mentality, just depression. All the spirits under the depression category. Manic depressive and depression. Come on, let's go. Excessive fasting. These religious spirits, this excessive fasting to where you're just skin and bones and you think it's religious and that's what God would have you to do. Come on. All the religious spirits that tag along with this, I command you to go. Come on, I command you to go. All you spirits, you come out of the heart. The heart valves, all of it, let's go. And the cardiac arrhythmias that come in with this, bradycardia, tachycardia, AFib, come on, I command you to go. Fatness of heart, I command you to go. Everyone in the heart, loose it. And this fear of running out, you go now in Jesus Christ's name. All the spirits that came in when you were punished as a kid by not getting to eat supper by having food withheld from you as a punishment. Come out now in Jesus Christ's name. And Father, we know that there's so many wounds that are connected to each and every one of these spirits, the wounds and the trauma, all this hysteria and insanity and madness, just a spirit of madness, hysteria, insanity, self-mutilation. Come out now too in Jesus Christ's name. Come on, all this self-mutilation over-preoccupied with food, always thinking about food, the psychiatric stresses of starvation. Father, all the mental disorders that we know come in when people have gone through periods of starvation and all the neurological disorders and the psychological stress, and the stresses come off of the body now in Jesus' name. Come on, the fear of everything falling apart. 
the fear of being out of control. Well, if I don't control it, I got to hold it together. It says in scripture that Jesus Christ holds all things together. That's your scripture, people. Food allergies and food sensitivities come out now too in Jesus Christ's name. Come on. Shame, fear, guilt, and self-condemnation. Come on. There is now, therefore, no condemnation to them that are in Christ. Come on. Fear, obligation, shame, those deep, deep roots of shame. Come on. I command you to go there. The isolating of yourself from others. And then trauma and the post-traumatic stress. Get out now, your demons, and you get out. Spirits of schizophrenia and multiple personality disorders. That you, your mind just splits because you cannot take what's happening. Come on, let's go. Come on. Stupor of mind. Hypochondria. Insatiable. Come out now in Jesus' name. Come on. Starvation that came in the womb. Come out now in Jesus' name. Starvation that came in the womb because your mother didn't eat right. For whatever reason, maybe it's no fault of her own. Sometimes it's in the war. There's not enough food to go around. Starvation that came into you in the womb. And Lord, I just ask that you would restore every one of their body systems to its original form and function. All the vaccination damage. Father, in Jesus' name, we just ask for your mercy to come down on us now. And we call out all those spirits that have come in with vaccinations. Come on. Autism, learning disabilities, especially in the brain. Everything in the brain that's causing all these neurological symptoms come out now in Jesus Christ's name. And Father, we confess, even though we didn't want to, ingesting humans, whether it's you know, one microscopic cell at a time. We confess that as sin, and we command these things to get out of us now in Jesus' name. All the spirits of doubt and unbelief. I just don't think, how can this happen? All those spirits that have just, this trauma that has traumatized your brain and made you shut down. Lord, I just ask that you would go and minister to people tonight. Heal that part of their brain and the hopelessness and the helplessness and the powerlessness that has come in. Lift off of them now in Jesus' name. And these paralyzing fears, you come out of the people now. Paralyzing fears, I command you to go. Come on, all the abandonment and rejection of God. You, you feel like God's abandoned you and rejected you or doesn't hear your prayers. No, that's not it. You haven't been taught. That's all it is, is you have not been taught. So come out now. Death wish. You just want to die. Suicide. Come out now in Jesus' name. Come on, let's go. Every one of you. Sorrow, sadness, grief, slumber, insensibility, the discontent, all of these spirits, you start lifting and get out of the people now. You're not on their shoulders. You are inside them now. Get out now in Jesus' name. And Father, all of the occult spirits that the people may not realize they've picked up, we command these spirits of darkness and death to get out of them now. Death, darkness, and destruction, you get out. Family line curses from the occult, you get out. We break and sever all demonic soul ties that these people may have had. These people do not want you. Now, I command you to get out and loose these people now in Jesus Christ's name. And Father, I loose the angels now to go and minister to these people. I loose into the people the corresponding ministering angels of God to minister to them, to build them up, to encourage them, to restore the parts of their body that has been damaged and broken. And what isn't there, Lord, create it. The blockages, we just command you to go. All the blockages in people that would stop them from receiving the healing on every level that God has for you tonight. God is not your enemy. He is for you. Do not give up on him. Cry out to him, and the spirit of truth will lead you into all truth. And there are people that can help you. 
So, Father, I just ask that you be with every person. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Sharon, for that very powerful prayer. Folks, we want to hear from you after this deliverance. I know that a lot of people got free from that prayer. Very powerful stuff. In the waning moment, Sharon, give out your ministry information for the people and how they can contact you. The easiest way would just be to wccd.com. It's the West Coast Church of Deliverance with Monty Mulkey. Go on the webpage and it will give you information there. Excellent. Well, I do hope people get in touch with Sharon. Let her know that you heard her on the show tonight. The information is also linked on today's bio. Sharon, thank you so much for coming on the program in this very important topic. And I do hope you come back and see us soon. Well, I'd love to. Thanks, Sheila, for having me. Thanks, Sharon. Folks, that was Minister Sharon Mulkey. Check out Sharon and Monty Mulkey. That's the West Coast Church of Deliverance. The information is linked there. You can go to WCCD.com and let her know you heard her on the program today. I hope you were very blessed by today's show and prayer. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. Good night and God bless.